Today we talk calm, creation and carrots as we chat to Liberty Beat on Benny Asking People Questions. Today's guest is a little bit of an enigma to me, not because I don't know much about him, but rather I feel a little blown away by what he stands for and what he does. He is a performer who truly bypasses the adult and makes a beeline to the heart of the children to which he performs, or at least that's the impression I get, inciting wonder and enchantment in a way that really is pretty rare. His music and his sense of delivery brings with it an enormous calm and is coated in the respectfulness one can only hope to achieve in reaching out to share with children. And I'm very chuffed to have him join me here today, all the way from, and correct me if I get this wrong, Takakoa, New Zealand? It's Takakoa, my apologies. Um, All the way from South Island, New Zealand, a place we'd all rather be. Um, Welcome, Levity Beat. Thanks for, or Levity, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, me, Benny. Good to to meet Um, you here. Let's just like wind right back to sort of the the very early starts of your career. There's there's um and correct me if I'm wrong, but th- there seems to be this um recurring theme about your your uncle David Hollis. Is that correct? That he seemed to be yeah, a little bit yeah. of a seed planter in your brain. Is that a fair call? With his he had an album in the eighties or something, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was quite a kind of um, bohemian musician character around New Zealand. He was popular on the folk scene. And then he made this um, kids album, which was all about different iconic New Zealand um, creatures and um, and other things like rugby and um, <laughs> tamarillo fruit vegetables. Um, yeah, so the, the neighbours' kids all used to come around any time he was staying with us because he was so... Um, unusual and entertaining and he'd sing us songs make us make up songs about what was going on right in the moment and um, also he was a, a visual artist mm. so he'd draw quite funny cartoons of us and just our lives and connect to us with yeah through that uh, music and art and so what was it about that look or, or that connection that that if I mean not not that you can put a one place where you know your ambitions were spawned but I mean if you were to look back on those moments what was it about that that kind of really connected to you or, or made you, I don't know, shift shift, shift paths, I guess? Well, I think that his ideas were often quite um, kind of cheeky and not what most adults would, would say. And um, he was yeah, just li- living a very different lifestyle to all the other adults that I knew. So, um, yeah, he had... He, he would tell me about um, meditation and I'd sit there and try and think about nothing when I was a little kid mm. because I thought, you know, my uncle does that. I wonder what that's like. And I never managed to um, kind of get anything out of that or have any fun with that particular direction. But, um, yeah, you know, that he was just a, a kind of a, a black sheep. Um, and in New Zealand was pretty – this yeah. was the 70s, um, late 70s, pretty conservative place really. So, um, yeah, he stood out. And he'd come to our school, too. Um, Any time he was visiting Auckland, he'd come to... Um, I went to yep. Howard Primary School and come and do a show. And um, then, so after the show, um, as well as him being... Um, you know, all the kids would want to come and talk to him, but I was kind of, um, by proxy, a totally. bit famous, too. So I kind of... Yeah, I got a, I got a good feeling about perhaps... Being a performer of some kind, although I didn't really think about it at, at the time. In, in did he get it? Did did he? Um, and, and, and to the point, I mean, has he passed away? Is is, is David still around? Yeah, yep, he passed away. He's still around, sort of hanging yeah, on my wall at the moment. I inherited his, his guitar, um, um, which he was he was very particular about. He didn't let anybody else touch it ever. Amazing. So, um, so I've got this beautiful old Martin guitar, which um, connects me to them a lot. When I think of you, eyes lit up so bright, love you fiercely, hold you in this light. So did he ever get a chance to see the things you were doing and the things you were creating? So... 
when I first started um, recording music, he was he was still around and just at the just at the very beginning, and he was really encouraging and um, he'd kind of he'd kind of become a bit of a recluse by then and he'd stepped right out of um, the whole kind of industry and um, recording tech and all that stuff just before mm. digital arrived. Um, so he was still um, he was he was early. He was um, he had. It's actually probably some underdiagnosed sort of ill, um, very bad arthritis, maybe. And his hands, his hands were curling up, so he couldn't um, he couldn't hold the guitar in a conventional way. He'd sit it on his lap and play with the side of his hand on the fretboard and um, beat the strings wow. with chopsticks on the other. Um, and he recorded onto cassette like up until the 2000s. And if he wanted to overdub, he'd just have two cassette players and no, he'd put onto one cassette and, and then play that while oh he played the next track onto the second cassette. And if you wanted some effects, he'd stick pencils and things into the workings, like the little the motor and stuff of the of the tape player to speed wow. it up or slow it down to create his... So he was like, he, he created his own world, he created his own language, he spoke a language um, called Tequay, which he wrote books, dozens of books in and recorded music in this language and it was kind of his mum was my grandma was french so it was kind of related to french related to english and he was very interested wow. in sanskrit so and then just in sounds that he liked that he found musical he, he made it a very kind of musical language so that to be talking in Tequay would be kind of like you're singing No, that's, that's, that. <laughs> that's amazing. I've, I've scrapped the entire rest of the interview now and I'm just going to concentrate entirely on this part. I mean, I, I think I think yeah, the thing that's amazing. really, um, I, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to start off getting too deep and philosophical, but, you know, you, you, you explaining the things that he was doing, particularly when you start talking about the instruments and the, and the um, you know, using pencils and so on and so forth. I mean, that, that to me... Yeah. I mean that is just the precursor to you, basically. I mean, do you do you feel? Uh, and this is a probably a little bit too much of a deep, overwhelming question, but is he an incredibly like? Do you feel him strongly within you whenever you are making things, or the idea of him is always present when you're doing what you do? Um, not so specifically, but when, when you talk about it right now, it makes me mm. feel a bit teary, actually. So, yeah, probably. But I, I think of it more in terms of that all of us, it's the, you know, uh, a well-known saying, we're on the back yeah. of giants, riding along the back of giants, because because he mm. had people um, that helped him along the way. And, yeah, so I do have this sense of um, some sort of lineage, but it, it wasn't, I wasn't, um, yeah, somehow it's not a very personal thing. No, I do know what you mean. Like, I think, I think, because it also sounds like it would have just been total wonder from from your perspective as a child, and and just watching this stuff going. Like you're saying, it's it's so left of field of what you're accustomed to and what you're you expect um, that you can't help yeah, but just yeah. be enamoured and drawn to it and learn from it if you're already that way mm. inclined. Um, now, you are, I feel, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I've never seen you, obviously, I've never even met you, um, so a lot of this I'm just gaining from from the, the fabulous world of the internet, but you you are a performer yeah. first and foremost. I get, I get that sense that it's the crowd yeah. and the participation yeah. that really gets you over the line. Um, yeah. Just to sort of jump to you know, an overarching theme of your recording, how hard is that to put in an album for you? Is 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 it is? Do you always find yourself a little bit stuck because there is a, there is a difficulty in taking that that magic that you have on stage and then going, well, how do I get that into a recorded version? Is that? Has... Yeah. No, I don't actually yeah, okay. even try. Um, it, they're two different things um, because when I'm doing a, a song live I can just stop because it's a really good idea sometimes some, something yeah. happens in the audience or change change tack or incorporate something that's going on or um, yeah and that's it's, it's just a different thing so I, I don't I don't try and make them the same thing I've got um, audio products and that's kind of one line yeah. of levity beats um, activities 
and I've got live shows. And some of the songs work in both um, environments, but I might, I, I might have done, yeah, I've done live shows where I've never recorded um, the songs. Yeah, right. So, okay, so yeah. they, they really only exist in those those that exact moment. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and I might sing them many times, but um, hmm. they're not things that I that I think. Oh, I'll put that on an album. He likes play-doh and squish. She likes the sandpit. Dick like this. They like dress up, sparkly clothes. Some like the face paint, bright blue nose. I was listening to your interview on musical chairs and you talked about your early days and, and you referenced yourself as a musical storyteller. And, and I kind of, you know, that stuff's, that musical storytelling element is very present in your early albums, such as, um, you know, contains traces of nuts yeah. in 2003. You've got three mice of 2020 vision. You've got, uh, and again, excuse my pronunciation, Fifi La Fioa. Fijoa, sorry. Fijoa. And, and these are very theatre yeah. songs. I mean, they're presented in these big, yeah. big arcs and there's all this stuff going on. But then we move forward now with Little Beats and it is a bit more song-driven, yeah. a bit more traditional songwriting. Yeah. Is this yeah. just what you were saying before? Yeah. You sort of started out going, okay, how do I merge them all together? And then now you've just kind of gone, you know what, they're two separate entities. I'll just treat them as separate. Well, that's 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 also um, about evolution because I started off working with a um, there, there were three of us we were a trio and we were, we were a um, band for adults um, and we got sick of playing at night in smoky sure. environments. That's how long ago it was. We didn't <laughs> Show your age there. <laughs> so um, true. Yeah. Um, so um, we'd all done drama in our in our past and. One day after a very late night and and the kind of need to get up really early because some of um, the band members um, had kids that were homeschooled, so they're traveling with us. Wow. Um, we just we just said, how do we play in the daytime to sober non-smokers? <laughs> where do we and, find where do um, we find those people? Drum, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the drummer went off for a walk. It was kind of a like a you know midlife crisis to yeah. give a, give it a metaphor. Um, and he came back and he said, I've got it. We play to kids in, in schools. And it, we, all of us straight away just thought it sounded like a great idea because of, I think, because of our drama background. So we said, okay, let's be musical storytellers. So that kind of started that way. And we had musical elements within stories that we told. Um, but as I kind of started working by myself more, I think I'm just, I'm just more yeah. the musician. So it's, it's just evolved into um, less of the of that and and more there might be a story in the song but I'm not even I don't promote myself mm, like that mm. at all well, anymore what I do now is I, I make musical instruments out of unusual stuff and then I um, my shows are basically um, there's usually five or six quite unusual or unexpected musical instruments and humorous songs that I perform using those so that's kind of yeah what well your, your meditation is clearly working for you now as 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 an uh, as you're getting older mate because um that was that was so serendipitously <laughs> into my next question it was almost heartbreaking my next question literally is I, it's yeah. almost impossible to talk to you or about you without referencing your instrument creating skills um when did this come about like i mean you know i love that i love the idea that you talk about your uncle and watching him play around with cassettes and you have those vivid memories but when when did you when did yeah. you, I guess, when did you find a passion for creating instruments? But more importantly, how, how wonderful a moment was it for you when you realised you could share that with children? Yeah, um, that's a convoluted sort of story. And I, I think um, because I, I, always, I always used tools. My, my mum and dad, they bought me like little tool sets when I was a kid and I'd bash away and I'd make a chair out of some bits of scrap wood and it would, you know, last for a little while and then, um, I'd, you know, do stuff like that. So I kind of, I was used to tools. And then it wasn't till my early 20s I actually bought my first vehicle and I bought this um, Bedford camper. It was a factory-made um, camper van with a pop top and it was, it looked like, um, I think it was from 1973, which is actually oh, when really? I was born. Um, so... Yeah, I'm yeah, 73 so as well. Look at of, that. 
Oh, here it is. Good. And this thing um, was an awesome camper. Everything worked really well, unless it was something to do with the mechanics of the the, um, the um, vehicle itself. So everything broke basically, uh, and I had no money. So um, I actually had to fix mm. stuff myself. So I went through this um, a couple of years of having that van and kind of um, yeah learning a lot. And and I realised I just liked the problem solving part of it. I didn't really like being cold and greasy underneath <laughs> a vehicle, but it was so satisfying to actually to solve problems and to do it with just the tools that I had there in the, you know, yeah. in the back of the van. My friends playing carrot flute. They can play I think that kind of probably set me off. Yeah, got me kind of interested in in that physical, um, yeah, fixing stuff. Yeah, and seeing what you can and do with then it. That, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. it's kind of interesting when I when I, I was sort of watching the YouTube videos where you, you have a series of those videos where you show all the instruments and, and perform the song with them. Um, those beautiful videos yeah, are just right. in the park. Like, I mean, they're just so they're so perfect. It's 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 crazy. I you, mm. I can't imagine them anywhere else. But my first thought when I first sort of started sort of introducing myself to you, I, I kind of um, or introducing yourself to me, um, I kind of went, oh, this is great. This is all about recycling and things. And then I just sort of got a bit closer, and I and I and I sort of went, actually, it's not about that at all. And then I got to the bamboo cluster instrument. And I just sort of paused the video and had a look and just went, oh, my God, this is actually an incredibly involved creation. I mean, this this is, and, mm, and I yeah. don't, don't, don't mean any disrespect by this, but this is really serious. I mean, this is very serious creation of musical things. It's not a case of, hey, everyone go grab a pots and pans and let's make drums. You are creating musically tuned, sustainable, long-lasting made instruments. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that one for sure. Yeah, the ones yeah. in the video. The ones I'm in the video are absolutely a really good, high quality. <laughs> exactly, and that's like 5% of what I make, and there's a 50% that just are broken and don't work or are horrendous, and I wouldn't want to, you know, inflict the sound on anybody. <laughs> um, but I do, I do try and do both things. Like I, I want for myself to, to make stuff that I can – um, really enjoy mm. long term, and um, but I also want to make things that some aspect of it is something I can communicate to um, teachers or mm. kids or parents, or that they get something out of it too. So I, I do run instrument making workshops um, wow. around the place, and as bits and bits of that bamboo cluster, I'll teach like the mouthpieces of the the flutes that I was playing, and that um, I teach quite often how to make that and. Um, we can use recycled PVC pipe, or we can use bamboo, or we can use pretty so much you, anything. And are uh, you are you a, are you like a, a wind instrument player, or do you or have you learnt a lot of these things in order to make these instruments the best they can be? Um, I think I'm just kind of I enjoy learning coordination yep. patterns, so I'm not really an anything instrument player because all all any of all any instrument um, playing is is uh, a series of kind of coordinating different limbs to do different things at mm. the same time. So um, I'm not really a fantastic player of any instrument, but I can fake it pretty well. Like I, I can play this mean lick on a harmonica and then everyone thinks I can play the harmonica, but no, I can just play that one mean lick. <laughs> So what's the process for you? How much trial and error goes into an instrument? Say, for example, from the moment where you wake up in the middle of the night and go, oh, my God, a carrot, to then eventually it appearing yeah, yeah. on a stage or in a song. I mean, is it is it is there much trial and error yeah. for you or are you getting a bit more, you're getting better at it? Well, that all depends. That all depends on how much time I've got to put into it and how much 
and that's also kind of financial sort of um, has a financial relationship. If I've got enough money, I've got enough time, um, and I can take ideas further or try things that might seem a bit more way out if I've got, you know, if I'm mm. well resourced. So that bamboo cluster, for example, that you were talking about before, um, I was fortunate enough to get a New Zealand, uh, Creative New Zealand, sorry, grant um, in uh, March or April last year before the um, first yep. lockdown in New Zealand. So over, over lockdown, I had all this time and money. So um, I could still get materials. Um, so I was able to buy plywood and glue and everything I needed and just yeah. focus on that. So, you know, I'm really happy with, with that series of instruments, um, but it's not often that I get that So do, do, that do you then resort. replicate them? Is that the idea? Like do you create these things and then they are potentially for sale or you then go and help people make their – like, I mean, is it – are they? Are you suggesting they're not necessarily yeah. one-off instruments? I've never sold um, instruments. I've thought about it, but – there's so much time involved yeah. for me. I'm, I'm, I can figure out, I can solve problems and figure it out, but I'm not a fantastic craftsman either. Um, someone will do it 10 yeah. times faster than me and it'd be ridiculous for me to try and do that at all. Um, to make It would just be so unfinancial. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so true. Um, uh, Trolls for Tutus, for me, even though it may not be the yeah. first song you used, Homemade Instruments, it, it, it strikes me as the first time you've actually really directly interested right. in a song. Yeah, maybe I, I lived um, with my wife and our one-year-old in this um, Skyline garage for a year, um, which was lined and it had uh, – it's like a – I don't know if you have that business in Australia, but it's just a kind of a yeah, um, yeah, kit set. Yep. Yeah, so it was a double garage with a little kind of an office off to the side and it had been converted into a – one garage was a kitchen living room and, and one – and the little office had been made into a – Bedroom toilet. Um, oh, so yeah. separated. <laughs> yeah, not, not just sitting next to the bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that was yeah. I just basically sampled the kitchen um, in there and used that to to make my um, my percussion loops um, for trolls. Yeah, because that, that yeah. struck me as the first time that you've really. Uh, it felt for me that it was the first time you actually really came out and said, "This is a thing I do." Yeah, right. Yeah, was yeah, it? Was it right I mean, is, looking back on that first stage, I mean, it, how important? Why? Is, why? Actually, let's just get to the the nuts and bolts of it. Why is this creating of instruments such a thing for you? Why is it so important for you to take into your shows? I get the sense it has a little bit more to do with just purely going, "Hey, how clever is this?" Um, yeah, I think it's very simple. It's just I'm this curious mm. guy. And it, I'm entertaining myself <laughs> as much as anybody else. Good answer. And um, probably more, probably more than anybody <laughs> else. Actually. Um, and if, if if I don't follow these things that I'm curious about, and I think, oh well, well what what noise would that rice cooker make if I attached mm. it to that you know stick blender and hit it with a a shower of rice? I don't know. Um, if I didn't do that, or at least some of those ideas, or if I don't do those ideas, I'd notice I just don't really enjoy life that much and I feel quite down and like oh, I'm not really doing my, my job and my job being being this curious well, guy. Well, and I guess that's also the thing yeah. about children, isn't it? I mean, you, you kind of, they will be as excited in something as you are and, you know, if you're excited about it and, and, and are sharing that passion with them, then that's just going to rub off, isn't it? Do you, know what I, do you know what I mean? Like I think particularly from a performance yeah. perspective. yeah. Right, so for our next audition, we have a four-piece band, Trolls and Tutus. Can you give us a rundown on the instruments you'll be playing for us today? Uh, a plastic rubbish bucket. Okay. Tea strainer and a fork. Right. A plastic colander, uh, a spatula and a frying pan. Okay, so uh, troll number four, you're on instrumental solo. Cheese grater? Nah, I've got an electric guitar, a wah-wah pedal and a distortion box. When the bone crunching's done and the mud munching's done 
I'm watching the YouTube videos again, and this I think this is my last question on the homemade instruments, even though, again, we could do a whole new podcast on this. We'll do the first one on your uncle, then we'll do the second <laughs> one on your instruments. Um you know, the, you show all these instruments in practice, like the, the um, like planter seed, the carrot flute, clear water, and 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 there, there's something incredibly mm. calming about these videos and watching these instruments do their thing. I mean, are they as relaxing to play and be part of? I mean, it's all nature, and 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 you're so. There's a, I'm assuming there's a different connection to these instruments than you would have over a, a guitar that you've bought in a shop. I mean. Is is there something really, I mean, to go back to your uncle's thing, is there something quite meditative about these instruments for you? Yeah, yeah, there is. And that's actually what I said before about um, playing an instrument is getting different limbs to do different things mm. at different times, but um, all at the same time. Um, is that That is actually what's relaxing for me. It's once, once it settles into a, a, a kind of a, a pattern of movement where my brain isn't engaging with trying to make it happen anymore when I've practiced enough that, that that's what's happening, then there's this sense of being able to just step or, or sit back just a little bit and experience mm. it in a different way um, and listen more deeply and just feel what it's like to be doing that. And, and that's actually, yeah, that's actually very like a meditative thing. For me, and a really relaxing thing, and if so, so sometimes it's hard to kind of drum up the energy to okay, I've got to go and rehearse for the show again. I've got to keep it up every day, otherwise I know mm. in two weeks it'll just it'll fall flat. I've got to be really good at this, and some sometimes that's a bit of a you know a stretch to practice and practice. But after every practice, I just feel great. I feel like I'm kind of realigned, and something's something's just massaged my brain in a in a yeah a good way. So. I think that yeah. probably answers that question, eh? <laughs> Definitely. I was just, just letting you hang there, just going, oh, let's let's see how further you can go. This is great. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that idea of relaxed sort of atmosphere, I mean, and that's something that's an ethos that runs through all your work, I feel. Like, I mean, the one thing about your albums, like if you look over the span of the last 10 years, they're all very similar. There's something quite timeless about the instrumentation and everything. I mean, it's there's there's mm. a lot of space in your music. Mm. Um, oh, good. I'm glad you, yeah, glad you hear that Yeah, there's a lot spaces. of, like, it's not, it's not, it's not uh, cluttered with a lot of overdubs. I mean, there's a time and place for that, but your, I think your gift is really that, that separation. There's a lot of space to walk through. Is that, is that just you or is that something you work hard on? Like, I mean, do you record an album and then set back and go, okay, let's delete half the sounds on it or? Yeah, I do. I've, I've, I've got a, a, a session open maybe and maybe there's 50 mm. tracks there and maybe they've got sound all the way through and w as I'm kind of finalizing stuff I'm, I'm just making these big blocks um, and muting stuff really and going through and taking out as much as I can to make sure that the just the, the important bits are there and yeah sometimes yeah it's hard to in words but um yeah well i think i think it's that space yeah. makes it really timeless though i mean i think i think because you it, it, it makes it very unique like it's kind of a strange thing listening to your music i was kind of felt like i i it was so familiar to me but not familiar like it sounded like someone else but i just felt like yeah i, I feel like I've, this this has been around for centuries almost yeah and i don't know oh, right. and i don't really know i can't really give it any more in-depth explanation than that but just felt like i don't know it just i mean it, it, i guess it begs the question i mean do, do you do you have ideals when you're writing i mean do you have influences i mean are there things that you yeah totally yeah and at, at first it was my uncle's album um he like i said before the making iconic new zealand um themed songs so my f my first album i thought i'm gonna make part two mm. of that because my, my uncle was very ill by then and um i just felt like that was the thing to do so um yeah that at first but i i like so much music and sometimes i'll sit down with a particular piece in mind and think oh, i really want to um 
I want to be influenced quite strongly by this piece of music or um yeah not not in a, a no, sort of a copycat kind of way but... and, and and try to get that same expression in something you're creating absolutely self-producing yourself i mean are you is it all home productions is that kind of the the gist of what you do or do you yeah is is that yeah uh, ordinarily i might sort of suggest that that can be a lonely affair sometimes you need to open up your mind a bit and bring other people in and sometimes it's nicer to bounce ideas off other people however i do think and it goes back to the idea of the the kind of um the timelessness of your music i mean is it easier for you to do it that way? Because I feel like you get really quite lost and involved in what you create. Mm. Like, is it hard to bring somebody else into well, that? Um, it's not hard to bring someone else in, but I do actually just really like mm. the process. So I, I um, when I discovered um, digital audio workstations, mm. so like I use Google's or Logic, um, I was pretty happy because I felt like I'd found this tool that um, if I'd known about this stuff, I probably would have 20 years earlier yeah. got into it. It wasn't until my um, sort of mid-30s that I started doing this, um, the producing thing. And, yeah, I am mostly by myself. And, um, yeah, but I'm, I'm just intrigued by it. It's, it's, it's just like learning, learning an instrument. There's no end point where you know it all and there's always other ways to do things and there's always new ideas being brought through and if you i I keep an ear out on um contemporary sort of mainstream pop music i've got a 15 year old daughter it's It's forced upon you yeah Yeah, um but and i'm not always into into the song but there's almost always something in the production of a song that i can hear oh that's a that's a great idea and i haven't quite heard it done that way before and I'd like to be influenced by that and so, or sometimes it gives me a, a new idea that maybe someone else hasn't done and yeah so so there's that but I'm, but I don't find that it stops me from being able to work with other people and I am actually collaborating with quite a lot of people at, at distance um I've done work with Kath B before mm. who you talked to and um Robin Mason no, have you talked to her Ah yes. Bite. Well, so, no, I haven't spoken to her, but yes, definitely on my on my list of of people. Yeah, she's fantastic, and we've we've got a we've been collaborating for the last couple of months. We've probably got about wow. twelve songs co-written, and depending on how a couple of upcoming um, grant rounds go, we'll we'll either produce them um, easily with <laughs> support from um, grants or very slowly. <laughs> over, ten years, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so no, no the, I I also do feel a bit lonely sometimes because mm-hmm. I'm in this little town. I'm the only one doing this sort of thing in my town, and actually, Kath lives about um, two hours away, mm-hmm. so there is someone not that far off. Um, and so I really like to keep in touch with as many other um, writers and musicians as possible. And I think you're aware of the um, yeah. Kiwi Kids Music yeah. Collective, which I'm part of, and so I. I follow that and, um, yeah, just I share songs with a few people from that while I'm uh, in production mode to get feedback. So I do try and get out of my own head and get um, reflections from other people as well. Yeah. Ready, steady, Eddie, Freddy, three, two, one. Let's run. Come on and run with me. Let's go. Come on and run with me. Bare feet. Check out my super speed. Let's run. Come on and run with me. I get the impression with you that a lot of the writing's already been done in your head before it actually finally gets put down onto a recording. Like it's almost like, you know, you've 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 done a lot of the process in your brain before you go, okay, now's the time to do you know what I mean? Like you're still open to to negotiation and finding out what happens, but mm. but a lot of that's already happened yeah. before you actually press record. 
Um, which is wonderful, yeah. which is great because you can do it while you're cooking dinner. But, I mean, it also means at some point, you know, bringing – you burn dinner because you're <laughs> daydreaming. Yeah, yeah. Or, 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 you know, when you do bring someone in, you have, you know, what is also affectionately referred to as demoitis when you've already made your mind up so clearly of what it should be. But then your music's quite cathartic. Mm. I mean, for you personally, not just for the listener, I think for you personally, it's a very meditative thing for you. Um, do you know what I mean? Like it's like your, your instrument creating, like you're saying, if, if you lose the fun in that, then you've lost the fun in that. There's no point doing it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, collaborating um, with Robin, for example, has been um, some aspects of what you're talking about have um, happened. Like I, I have an idea and I've produced a kind of a demo version, send it to her because we're both working in Pro Tools. Mm. So we have this shared Dropbox um, kind of it updates all the time. Well, not quite all the time. Um, but never goes, never goes as smoothly as you always imagined. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, um, so sometimes she's sent back um, the instrumental that I've just sent her and put some vocals on, and they've been so different to what I was imagining, but just mm. amazing. She's a really clever songwriter. So I'd say when we first started working together, there'd be more, um, a bit more, what's the word? We kind of preciousness around um, my own ideas and oh what that, that's not what I thought oh can I, do I do this one by myself then you know yeah. but but really really quickly I realized that um, there's just Robin and, and heaps of other people just great um, creative mm. writers um, and and yeah I never would have gone to these very interesting places so um, no, I am enjoying that at the moment what does music feel like? Is it like a lovely tingle up your spine? Does it make you jump for joy? Want to hit things and destroy? Is it sticky? Is it icky? Is it slime? Oh. There's one aspect of your... There's a, you know Peter Coombe here in Australia, the, the children's artist, been around for decades and decades. Wonderful man. Um, def- definitely re- yeah. re- recognise the name, but... I- yeah, what would be a song um, oh, Mr. There? Clickety Kane or Newspaper Money. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, yeah, very much Classic. so. Um, there's a, but there's this really great line from Peter. Uh, I did an interview with him, and, and he has a lot of children choirs on his music. And um, I asked him, and I asked him, I said, yeah, Look, right. you know, wh- you have a lot of children. Why is that? And and he, his very, very stern response was, um, it's music for children. It makes no sense to not have children. And... That's mm. something you do a lot as well, I've noticed, and it's it's definitely mm. much more in this latest album. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. much more in got, it. Uh, Maggie and Poppy, my, my um, dear friends, doing yeah, their amazing Yeah, they are incredible. They're doing, me. I mean, their harmonies are, anyway, again, it's another, I can't even, it's another, another podcast we'll talk about. The, as in just recording Kath B, talking <laughs> to Kath B about her latest album, just going, where do you get these kids? Um do you do you subscribe to the same idea? I mean, is it is it for you that idea that you're going? Well, this is music for children. Children need to hear themselves in this music, or is it you just going, "Hey, that's just a really nice element that gives it extra lift." What is it for you that? Yeah, it's it's more the the latter. Um, I didn't have the, the that same kind of intention like you described with Peter, but I just I like it. It, it sounds, yeah. I suppose what you just said, a lift. Mm. It gives it a another quality and another a feeling comes through and um yeah i I like it better like that so which is also really interesting because you just talked about that idea of having to sort of hand your stuff over to other people and sort of be open to those ideas or as children's vocalists are going Mm. to bring something incredibly Mm. unique that you would never have i guess bet on yeah 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 there's this one um girl maggie she's probably nine or ten now i think um and she often actually rewrites my songs for me <laughs> just before she looks at the lyrics and I've, I've sent her 
a, an MP3 and she's practiced. And a, a mutual friend of ours is her singing teacher, so um, she incorporates my pieces into her singing lessons, which has her really well prepared by the time she comes to the studio. But Maggie, um, yeah, she's just done some really clever little edits mm. on on the lyrics on a few of my songs and just made things work a bit better. And um, yeah, yes. So so I'm lucky to have her and Poppy's the other one. She's um, she's they've, they've got different tone voices and they harmonise really well together and both just. Very, yeah, I must say, good. it took me a couple of listens, so I really just, like, I, I sort of picked the harmony straight away, I mean, obviously, but then sort of slowly sort of had to really, I sort of zoned in on it and went, oh, my God, that's actually really quite exact. It's very, very clever, and I don't know, there's there's something about a child's timbre or the way they sing that you, you kind of instinctively assume at some point they're just going to be a bit out of tune because of the way, yeah, mm, because no, of just the, the way the vocal chords kind of come out, I guess. I don't know. But then just sort of going, oh, my God, these, these are children are really spot on. And, yeah, it's amazing. It's, it gives an incredible lift. But it's definitely something that's been stronger in your music over the last um, three or four albums. And um, But the, the one thing about the progression of your albums, which really stands out, I think, for me, is, is most people have a progression through their music where they might um, start off with something very traditional of what their version of children's music is and then as they get to understand the genre more, they become a bit more sophisticated and kind of can, you know, accept the idea of being a bit more open about what they do and you watch that. And it usually happens in a musical progression, whereas yours isn't a musical progression. Yours is a real intelligence progression, I reckon. And, and by intelligence, I just mean it's been a real mm. emotional thing. Like I can see the emotional difference between your first album and your latest album. Musically, they're mm. very similar. Musically, there's still the space. They're still very calm. It's still you with a handful of sounds. Um, the, 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 the text is often still very similar. Lyrically, they're still very similar. But there seems to be a real it's, – it's like you've – I don't. I don't even think "settled in" is a fair way of describing it. It's. It's like you've. Um, I don't know. It just feels like you're a bit more. Um, I don't know. I feel. Yeah. Older. <laughs> I'm really not doing this very well. I, I, I want to think of something incredibly profound, but all I can think of is the word "gooder," and then that's not even a word. Um, no, I, I guess it's just. Gooder. Yeah, I think. Gooder. I think it's just a maturity. It is. It is almost a maturity. It's almost. It's not that you've. You've established yourself firm more firmly i think it's just i don't know you you feel a bit more clearer on what the role is with the music and what you're trying to achieve and mm. i don't yeah. know yeah I, I didn't explain that very well in my mind it's incredibly profound just quite hasn't come out that way in the question <laughs> sorry <laughs> about that <laughs> yeah so what's, what's going on like what what's changed there's, there's all sorts of um, layers there and like as simple as my production quality is way better than it was back then so so the same idea is just going to be mm. clearer because um, I, I was just kind of blindly groping around in Pro Tools didn't really know what what the settings were changing I couldn't even hear it but my, my ears are, are way more um, sensitive now to what's going on and I can feature an idea um, better. I can make it stand out in the way I want to. Um, so if there's a kind of a core moment or um, feeling in a song, yeah. I can I can make that clear now. So um, that's one. Yeah, and and, thing. and thankfully that um, then now makes my original question a bit clearer. It feels like there's more. You're more profound in these albums, the later album. Like it feels like you are really a little bit more in touch with what you want to give to the children that you perform to. And it feels like you have yeah. more that you're clearer on how you want to present what you want to present, not what you just think the music should be, but what you want yeah. your definition of this music to be. Um, yeah, and it's great. There's, there's all that, all that, all that rambling yeah. for just that. Yeah, yeah I understand <laughs> thank, what you're saying. God. <laughs> We've been sitting down too long. We've been yakking for too long. We've been working much too long. We've been thinking for too long. Let's climb a beautiful tree. 
I think I think probably after having kids too, um, because I've got a 15-year-old girl and a just about eight-year-old boy, um, and so just the process of being a parent mm. has clarified my my own values for me more, um, and so obviously I want those to stand out in my music. So um, the painful struggle of having um the, the addictive screen thing yeah. so accessible um and so i don't know if you noticed on little beats there's quite a emphasis mm. on let's mm. get outside and let's get into yep. a tree and let's run and and um a little bit of there's not a whole i don't i don't like to be overtly um giving messages it's yep. not my um not really a way i like to work so i, I might do an environmental song or a song about um being more engaged with the world, the real world, and less than less engaged with the digital kind of screen-based mm. thing. But I'm not going to spell that yeah. out. Um, You're going to provide options and go, "Hey, look how beautiful that thing's over yeah. there," as opposed to put the screen down and yeah. go and look at that tree. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this stuff's amazing. This stuff's like worthy of a lot of curiosity, and um, let's po- point our attention at this stuff. We've been sitting down too long. We've been yakking for too long. We've been working much too long. We've been thinking for too long. Let's climb trees. Is a great example. It's an enormously percussive song, and and it sort of struck me that a lot of your stuff, even when it is instrumental and it is actually musical. Not the percussive isn't musical, but you know what I mean. You're incredibly percussive in the nature of the way you, you play, and I think that's the foundation of the things you do. And I think that's also what creates the space mm. in your music is the fact that you can mm. almost dodge right. these beats and move sort of within the sound. Um, however, then I sort of looked at it from the perspective of creating the own instruments and things like that, and I guess what's really beautiful about percussive responses, particularly from a child's perspective, is you don't need... Um, what we would consider formal musical knowledge or training because you strike something and you get an immediate response from it. Mm, Is that a yep. big part of what you take into the childcare centres? I mean, do you do you sort of recognise this idea that you go, you can take a three-year-old who can be incredibly musical based around the idea of percussion, whereas you might not necessarily be able to give them mm. a carrot flute and get them to play a song, but they can play an entire song based around something they hit. Yeah, yeah, they can join in straight away and feel part of something with percussion. Um, yeah, yeah, my son, um, eight-year-old, his name's Bodhi. Um, he he's got access to a lot of instruments, but he still does the yeah. classic thing: pulls out all the pots and pans, makes his own drum kit. We had a jam in front of the fire last night with chopsticks and um, pots and pans and plastic containers, and we actually put on some just played some music, streamed some from other artists and played along and kind of figured out what kind of beats um, matched. And and he's, yeah, he um, enjoyed that. And and a lot of kids enjoy that. A lot of people enjoy that. Well, it's it's what you do. I mean, you you creating those instruments, it's the same thing. Mm. It's just a, I mean, it's not even a more sophisticated yeah. version. It's just a more involved version. You know what I mean? It's still, it's like you're yeah, saying. Yeah. There's, I guess, from the child's perspective, there's, there's, it's one thing to hit a drum. It's another thing to take something that is not intended to do that, and then find that you can turn it into that. I mean, that's incredibly empowering. Mm. Um, last music question: Doggy Scratch. Doggy Scratch yeah. off contains traces of nuts. Great. Oh, yeah. How much? How much fun was that's that to do? I'm- Long time ago, but just so much um, fun there. That, yeah, 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 yeah. That's um, actually because it's, it's basically a true story in in that song. Because I looked after my friend's puppy one summer while he went camping, and unfortunately, it just trashed my wife's garden. So, Sorry, not that that's um, funny. But. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, the good thing that came out of it was that song. Um, yeah, apart from that, it was a bit of a disaster. But um, yeah, and then I got um, I don't know if you know the band, the Phoenix Foundation, but. Um, they're a great New Zealand band and back then their drummer was a good friend of mine, Richie Singleton, and so he played drums for me on Doggy Scratch and got stand-up bass and yeah, acoustic guitar and it's just a funky kind of song with a, a few punchlines in it that often pe- people miss because I deliver it 
quite quickly. But um, a lot of, yeah, enough of the kids get it that everyone else realizes there's something funny going on and they, they listen. Oh, a, a yeah, bit I more. mean, I think it's just really lovely because it just stood out, you know? It's always nice. Like, as I said, I'm, I'm incredibly enamored by the relaxed nature of your work. But then to just to go, hey, here's something left of field was mm. really, yeah, it was just really nice. It was just a lot of fun and made me sort of double take. I saw Doggy sneak inside and he jumped onto the couch. Get down, Doggy, Doggy, get out of the house. Ate the cat's food, was quiet as a mouse. Get out, Doggy, Doggy, get out of the house. So he pats outside to see what he can see. Doggy's tail between his legs goes and sits under a tree. He's out in the backyard doing what he please. Listen up, you'll hear him scratching his the other thing about you, of course, is Darwin and Newts, the TV show. So, same deal. Yeah, right. um, are you doing all the incidental music through this show, or are you just mainly doing the themes? Or well, there's actually two two of us, um, Vahid Quiles and myself. We're both composers for Darwin and Newts. So, there's I think 110 or so episodes, and we've done 55 each. Um, incidental music, also occasionally um, songs that are required uh, specifically for just one episode. So we'll compose those, and also the um, yeah the titles and themes and because it is, and it is quite like different that. to yeah. your other stuff. It must be it must be quite nice to be able to like it's one thing to be so free, and I think I think you're obviously someone who needs that space to really just go. I need to be able to create my thing here, but then it's also something really nice to just have right. someone go. This is kind of what I need, and you go. All right, yeah, okay, let's see if we can make that yeah, work. Yeah, having a, you know a, having uh, having yeah. restrictions, yeah, I really, guess almost. Yeah. 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 Um, so at first it was hard for me to understand what I was being asked to do. It was the first time I'd ever done anything like that. So it took a while to kind of understand what the language mm. meant that, that, that my producers were, were speaking in because they actually weren't mm. musicians, either of them. So they didn't, they didn't ask for things in a way that I was used to thinking about them. And so this was probably four or five years ago now. It took me a long time to do a job mm. because it, most of the time was just trying to figure out what what the heck they were talking about. Um, but then, then, you know, at some point we got that all sorted and then it became, um, yeah, quite pleasing for me to be able to produce the thing that they were imagining that they wanted. Well, I guess it's a real um, step outside yeah. of your – I don't think comfort zone's fair. It's just a real step outside of who you are. At first it was a, definitely a step out of my comfort zone because it was – straight into kind of a professional role doing this and having um, deadlines and things and not even knowing actually, hopefully they're, they're not listening to this. And, <laughs> no. Going, well, yeah, we'll never, never, never hire him again. I didn't know at all how to use the software that, that Pro Tools to do the to do the particular functions that I was supposed to do. The, the timeline yeah. was just nuts and things were jumping all over the place and I had to change tempo in mm. the middle of pieces and and yeah, final. It took a while to. I actually ended up paying someone um, who was very experienced that sort of thing, just over a couple of hours, just two sessions, and they filled in all the gaps for me. And then it was okay after that. So I was, but I was quite um, stressed at mm. first. And now it's um, it's pretty, it's cruisy and it's kind of fun and um, yeah. Look, I don't know, Liberty. I kind of get the impression that that's how you're going to learn anything in your life, though, isn't it? To just kind of go, all right, open the door, let me just hurl myself in there and see if I can swim through and come out the other side with a bit of extra knowledge and a finished product. I mean... Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I, I often come to the end of a project and I think to myself, okay, next time, just just take a slightly smaller bite and, just, and, and have a bit more of a nah. cruisy time. But somehow I... I can't listen to myself. I find myself there again. And um, But now I've just like, I've restored a canoe and I've got to get out in it more. So, you know, maybe that'll be a, a, enough because um, I love being out on the water and mm. under the water, actually. It's like my favorite place. So hopefully that um, actually does um, 
just yeah get me thinking a bit carefully about what <laughs> no, I take on. Just from you to me, it just won't at all. You'll still do it the way you do it because it's extraordinary and it's how you work. And um, hey, with all due respect, everything you've been creating is pretty special up until now. So if I can if I can weigh in oh, on you. any of it, I wouldn't change whatever you're doing now because it's producing beautiful work. Um, however, canoeing sounds great. Um, yeah. Last question, um, and again, thank you so much for your time um, today. Looking back on, you know, we, we talked about the progression of the albums, we've talked about the progression of the creative of the instruments, we've talked about your uncle, we've talked about, um, you know, even even the circumstances in which you have recorded, how you've changed with um, collaboration and things like that. Has has yeah. or what has or has anything changed for you over the years? How's your vision, I guess, of who you are and what you do, and your impression of your audience? I mean, how how has it changed since you've begun, if if at all? Um, I think, yeah, I think the um. Hmm. It has changed. Um, I was probably, if I think, if I think back to early days of doing performances, uh, there was quite kind of a stressful thing to do because I, I wasn't really sure is this is this good is is this useful? Mm-hmm. Do they the the kids are kind of there with me, but I kind of wanted to have a sense that I was doing something meaningful, and you know, actually anybody can just. Um, kind of entertain mm. kids or this kind of um, lowest common denominator stuff that you can um, keep people's attention and there's there's ways of doing that and that you know so I just wanted I was a little bit unsure of myself uh, you know in terms of probably self-worth you know that basic stuff and then and then as I have gone along I've seen that yeah the simple things that I am curious about are important and um, that's what I'm mm. able to share, and and that I'm so lucky to have the like my my main audience has been early childhood. Um, I've, I've done lots for older kids up to about twelve shows and things, but I've probably sixty to seventy percent of my work's been in um, kindergartens or early childhood centres or just events set up for that age group. And they're just so fantastic in their um, instant, honest feedback, and and they're just so generous with their their responses to to yeah. a good idea. <laughs> yeah, and brutal with a um, bad one. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of it was a great great place to have been able to develop that sense of what's important, and that oh yeah, I have I have got some useful things I can contribute here. Um, yes, so so so, the, so it's yeah, almost like the, the big change for you has has really been your sense, I guess, your identity within the industry that you want to be a part of. Like you feel a bit more com- not not confident, but you feel uh, you feel you're contributing. Yeah, you feel like you are all. generally doing something that's yeah. benefiting I, the situation. Yeah, I don't have to put anything on to entertain anybody. I just have to. Sh- just basically go and show them what I'm interested in and what I've been working on and um, what's been keeping my attention. And, um, yeah, so probably not that different from a I was going to say, it's, really. it's, 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 the, it's, the, it's the child mind in an adult, which is, um, which is, you know, what we all strive for, really, at the end of the day. I mean, that's kind of ideally where we want to be. <laughs> so congratulations for, for getting there. Um it's it's really been a treat as i said I, you know i've i've known about you and a lot of people have spoken about you and and it's it's great to finally get a chance to to speak about speak to you about what you do and um you know there's a real there's a real calm around your your work and i can't really explain why but there's just something very calming about your approach and and the music you produce and the way you produce it and the things that you give to children and i think in a if i may be so cliche to say in a world where stuff is anything but calm you know it's nice it's nice to have Mm. such a, a loud still small voice within within it all and um for that 
we are all terribly grateful. And me personally, on a selfish note, I'm very grateful, very grateful yeah. that you've taken time to chat with me about it all today. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's been good to um, to hear from you. Yeah. And I'm um, curious what you've got coming up too, because yeah, um, you got yeah. So, so am I. I'm I'm quite I'm interested to see what, how it all pans out in the end as well. So <laughs> it's, it's always the way when you're halfway through something, going, was this a good idea? Um, but yeah, thanks again, mate, for taking the time today, and um, it's it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Great, well, good to talk to you. We'll, uh, we'll keep in touch. If you'd like to know more about Levity, then you can find him on Facebook at Levity Beat Music and on Instagram at Levity Beat. And of course, for more Benny Time goodness, head along to www.bennytime.com. Thanks for listening to me, Benny, asking Levity questions. <laughs>